0: Sometimes it's best to say thank you, but no thank you. I thank you though. I appreciate it, but no thank you. And we don't have to say no thank you for it to be an opportunity of us really feeling like, you know, no thank you. Being appreciative, just saying thank you. But during this time, if it's not for us to do, it's not for us to do. No thank you, I appreciate it though. We don't have to say everything that comes to mind. It's so important to renew the mind so we can be reminded how to respond due to any opportunity that come our way. Thank you, but no thank you. God is having us to gain a great sense of self. Self Self-discovery is so important. And we are discovering ourselves more and more each day we know what we really want we know how we really feel we know what we really like because at one point in life it was about image it was about image how to have things look the way how we want to feel within on the outside but God is addressing things that are going on within Because he's the one with us every single day. There there is no one with us. There are no people that we have that are with us everywhere we go. And I don't mean just in the home. I mean the bathroom, wherever. God is there all the day long. And he know how we feel all the day long. He know how we think all the day long. He know how we really feel within And he's dealing with that right now. Self-discovery is very important. It feels so good to just not pretend and just say, you know what? It's either yes or no. There's no maybe. I'll get back with you. I mean, I don't know. It's either yes or no. I will or I won't. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I thank God for this. Because it eliminates a lot of insecurities. It builds up our confidence within ourselves. Because we've been taught how to live a specific way, act a, a specific way, excuse me, all the day long. And we have so many ideas. God is flooding us in with so many great heavenly ideas to release here. And we cannot assume an outcome. If we have a request to be made known, request it. And God's going to back us up because he put that request in our heart to make known unto man for great change. I cannot assume, oh, you may not like it or you may not be okay with it or you're going to say no. And sometimes people do say no, but it's nothing like planting the seed. That's all God asks is that we plant that seed. And we water it with our faith. Whether somebody say not now, or I don't think, or maybe another time, it doesn't even matter. See, nothing shall matter to us. Nothing shall matter to us. Especially when it comes to purpose. Some people only will go along with what God says to them. And God will only come to you about what to be made known. And not them all the time. We got to be persistent in all that we do. There are so many new downloads on the inside of us. And there are so many old ones that we have not yet revealed. If Moses did never, if he never approached Pharaoh, the Israelites would have still been in Egypt. He went to God back and forth. But what about this, this, this? Then who should I tell him who sent me? And God always back up his word. The Israelites had no idea about Moses' conversation with God. They had no idea about the first plague. But when they kept seeing them, due to Moses kept coming to him and he kept rejecting, God gonna always come through for us. Because when it's time for something, it's time for it. And many of us are sitting in positions and our season is up, and we can tell the season is up because it gets boring. It gets boring because we're not available as we used to be. We're not excited as we used to be concerning, you know, anything specifically. That's when we know our season is up because we're ready to move to the next parts, the next portion of the journey. And many think that if somebody come in to be where they are, it's as if they're replacing them. No, no one is a replacement. No one can ever be replaced. It's just that God is enhancing us, advancing us to go further. Not backwards. We're moving forward. And many are sitting in a position right now, even in ministry. And a time been up long ago. And God put in our hearts, in our spirits, filling up our dreams as to what to do. Our decision to make a move physically due to what we receive spiritually first people's lives are extinct if Moses never said anything they would have not ever left Egypt because God put it in Moses to do so if Noah did not begin to build that ark no matter how much he was marked ain't no flood gonna come yeah right Noah and it did God not just coming to us just because. For no specific reason or no specific purpose. He's coming with a word and he's going to back up his word. So we have to make an attempt. How does that look if, I, if I'm a dancer or an artist and releasing an old way. Due to somebody else way of ministering in that season, in that time. In the kingdom, is always excitement. That's why the seraphims are declaring, and not just the seraphims, everybody declaring, holy, 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 because God is always doing something new. He keeps us excited. He keeps us on our toes. That's why I say I'm filled with many wonders. I'm filled with surprises. You don't know the hour nor the time, but I do. And when I give you a word, give you a dream, give you a sign, give you a wonder, release a miracle, It's not about you, but you are the vessel. Everybody benefit for what I'm saying in and through you. So don't think about being rejected. Don't care about rejection. We cannot care about a yes or a no answer. We have to care about just releasing. How many ideas do you have right now that you're hesitant about? And many of us right now even saying, well, next year, I got it next year. The next year is my year. This year is still here. God is still the same. I'm not going to blow God off until next year. I'm not going to put things aside until next year. What do you want me to do now? One person cannot do it all. Three, 10, 20 cannot do it all. We all need each other. It don't matter if somebody said no. You made the attempt. I made the attempt. We sowed the seed. Now we have to water it with our faith. What ideas have God placed in you and placed in me? That we still sitting on. And we waiting for God to do something else. No, He waiting for that to come to pass first. Bring that to pass. If Moses just looked at it and tried to respond and assist them being in the wilderness, they wouldn't even walk towards the sea for it to be departed by God. For them to even walk through. That woman at the well, she gossiped. She had good gossip, not negative gossip. She spread the word fast, right in front of living water and about to draw water from a well. Well, I to keep coming to this well and drink again. But yet I'm in front of water, living water, where I would never thirst again. And I received every word because every word that God says is an action word it's an action word please excuse that I have alarms set for different things that I'm doing and some of them set for days that you know should have been taken off it's all good I'm not big on image anymore what's more important is the image of God a year ago I would have been like oh God got a star all over no I'm not It's okay. Even recording in the camera, you have malfunctions and, you know, dysfunctions. It doesn't even matter. It's like, okay. Us just talking about it. Nah, we got to be about that change. Because God coming through for us. He's going to demonstrate his power. Once we open up our mouths. We gotta make a move, verbally, physically, mentally, emotionally. We have to make moves. I'm well, an actual question. Simple as this. I'm trying to the simplicity of this question. How many people you know? That we even see on TV, in our own family. It doesn't matter in ministry. Who doing exactly what Jesus? Done and greater works. Have you ever heard on the news somebody lifting up some meal and it's multiplying? Have you ever heard of somebody walking on water? Now we can do these things, even raising the dead and heal people, and we do it, you know, every now and then or every other or whatever. But Christ did it always, He always healed, He always released a miracle always raise the dead every cast out devil's all the time every time it wasn't no just sunday or just every tuesday or whenever we get together and link up no he that's his lifestyle that's how we live here who's doing that here i start thinking about there wouldn't be many home going services there probably wouldn't be any at all if we keep raising them up like Christ did, who's hungry? In what nation? Who's hungry? We can lift it up and bless it. I start really meditating, and that's how we really medicate. Not on any other direction, but on Christ. What did you do here? I'm reading about what you've done. It's just not for me to read about what you've done but you said and I can do also and greater I should do too. Am I doing that? No, I mean like you did though. Not whenever I decide to. No, all the day long. Miracle signs and wonders. How can I bless somebody else's home and mine's is not? How can I release a financial breakthrough and unbelieving? Hoping, wishing, praying, fasting For you to come through for me in that way Even when it comes to marriage in a ministry How can I be a blessing to somebody else Who is single or even married or engaged And mine is not the way how it's supposed to be God is addressing these things Because we know how to cover things up You look this way outside the house. You act this way outside the house. Don't you embarrass me. Know how to answer. Know how to conduct yourself. Because we are people of God and you're not going to disrespect. But we go home behind the four walls. It really hits the fan. But guess what? God is still there. He's still hearing it. He's still listening. He's a part of us. So we have to be in our secret place, so persistent as to being who we are and doing what we're supposed to do, whether people see it or not, know it or not, in our four walls, behind the four walls. That's how much we honor each other. To the way you see me, the way you see me outside, that's how I am inside, even more. Because God don't leave us. Yeah, we are great leaders. We speak in front of people and keep people where they're supposed to be. And people are so into our lives. Yeah. But how many people walk around lame past us and still walk past lame? Do we have a line of people that's blind and we're laying hands and they're recovering their sight? How many people we said take up that bed and walk without even saying that? And it happens. What miracles are we actually releasing here? I don't care about you sewing into my life. I thank you for that. But your life may more to me than mine because I'm here for you. So how am I benefiting you while I'm here? How is, how am I? Is that about being one way with you, being one way with somebody else? No, I'm the same way everywhere I go. So many of us made a terrible mistake and in it for years and years and don't want to admit we made it so we keep dealing with it. Even when it comes to being with the wrong person. I'm just going to live like this. I'm used to it. I don't want no one to think that I made a wrong mistake, a wrong move. It's cheaper to keep her. Cheaper to keep her. I know people know that, you know, it's not for me, but I'm going to prove them wrong by sticking it out. But what are we benefiting from that behavior? Every time we try to act so perfectly outside of our four walls of our home, something always be exposed. Because what we do in secret place, that be rewarded openly. He reward us openly. What are we doing in a secret place? How are we thinking? How are we feeling? Even as singles. Many of us outside, out and about. Hey, I'm doing good. I'm just, you know, being patient. Oh, I'm not I'm not tripping off a of marriage. I'm whenever God's ready. But when we go home, we like God, I'm getting older. What's up? Where my mate? Calling people up that we really confide in tired of waiting where my person at everybody else getting married everybody else having kids I'm in my mid-30s 40s 50s 60s 70s 80s where am I made at I'm living the life unto God where they at growing up Jewish you marry fast and I knew when I was a Jew at the time that it would be a time for me. So what I did instead, I didn't ask God, who is it? What's their name? Any of that. I just said, God, I thank you. Whoever you have, let me pray for them now. Let me pray for their family. Let me pray for us in, in our marriage, our children before it even come to pass. Let me just thank you for who it is. I don't have to know a name or a face. I thank you, God, because you know the name and the face. You know me better than I know myself. That's exactly why Satan deceived me. I allowed him to. Because he didn't want that. Because he knew what would happen if I received that. Two is better than one. That's why it's so important to come away with God. And many of us come away with God with other people all the time. And when we're alone, we don't even acknowledge Him. We just thank you, God. You know, thank you. I praise you. But really come away, God, what do you see in me? Do I have any insecurities? And if we have to ask that question, then we're not sure if we have any or not. So that means we may have some, Because if we were confident and fully persuaded in our true identity, we wouldn't have to either ask that question. Do I need people to help me to feel like I'm important? Do I have to show people that what I'm doing so they can know that I am doing what I'm supposed to do? Even when it comes to ministry, when somebody is doing something so well, God moving in their life, do I have to go over the top to show my support so I won't seem like I'm a hater? There are so many layers to insecurity. Do I feel like someone could take someone away from me? Do I feel like that someone is a better fit than I have became for the person that God half for me? We go through these things every day. And some of us Murray folk, well, I say some of us, I mean, some of you Murray folk with other Murray folks that you feel comfortable around because they vent like you vent about what goes down in the home, and then when the husbands come around or the wives come around, it's both ways. People already have an idea or already know what goes on. And even when we have, and when we are, excuse me, in relationships or even friendships, we bad talk a person. We start venting when we upset, and then when we stop being upset, you wonder why the family don't want the person around because we already done said everything they do unto us, or how we feel about them for real. Now, we think that we got over it, they should get over it too, but no, family gonna care. Oh, we didn't know it was like that, Oh, it was another one of them, or oh, nah. And we get mad because they don't want them around. What do we expect? We vented. We were being honest about it. There's no point of keep venting about something and not making no change. So many people are in a marriage right now and never plan to get out of it, but scream every day in God's presence to be free from it because they care about what people going to say. I've been in this almost 30 years, 40 years, 20 years. It's no way I'm going to make a change now regarding it. This person know me. I know them. I'm going to try to make it work, but I just don't feel 100% like God say I'm supposed to feel regarding someone who's supposed to know me and know my worth. A lot of times we make desperate moves. Emotional moves. How many people we have on our list right now as friends who we don't even talk to every day? And how many people that can call us out or be honest with their criticism but not being honest, just pretty much being malicious And you're like, you could've called me and said that. Why would you go on my page and put something like that against what I done? You could've called me and said that. Why you want everybody to see how you feel about me? But instead, we don't want to show that we are vulnerable and emotional about it or disturbed, we leave it on there. Because if we take it off, that means that we was disturbed. So we keep on a rude comment and keep them as a friend. Sometimes we feel like we need friends. We need people to support us. We have the whole kingdom that support us. How can we release the kingdom here if we don't know what goes on in the kingdom? We have to know what friendship really means in the kingdom. If nobody's going to value you and they belittle you or belittle me, take us for granted, got to fight for their love, buy their love, buy them things, take advantage, try to be in control, tell us what to do, boss us around. Why do want to be around people like that? How many people we be around daily that we go back and vent to other people about our encounter with them? Yeah, this is what happened when I was with them. Yeah, I know they be doing that. So why are we with them? Why are we hanging with them? Why? Why? Do we need people in our life that bad that we accept anybody who treat us any kind of way? Christ walked the earth, became everything on the cross. See, thing is, when we say that he knew no sin but became sin, the sin didn't come upon him until he got on the cross. All the sinful natures were hopping towards him on his way to the cross. He didn't feel sin while he was here. That's why on the cross, he said, Abba, Abba, Anabona me." That means, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? And he's not saying like, God, why you left me? He felt a disconnection because he bore that sin. And that was a disconnection from holy to unholy. He felt that pull away. You got to bear that, die to that, and be risen. He felt it for us for the first time. He felt every form of sin on the cross. He never ever in the earth said, I thirst. He was the one who gave living water from people who were thirsty. He went to a well not to draw water. He went to a well to meet a Samaritan who went to go get water. He didn't go in to draw no water. That's the first time he ever said, Father, I thirst. I thirst. And when he said he was thirsty, they gave him a sponge filled with vinegar. How rude. And after they pierced his side, once he gave up his spirit, the earth shook. People from the graves rose up from the graves. Come on, somebody. You think about a cemetery and you think about those bodies. First of all, they're buried. They raised. And guess what? Is that the type of burial then as it is now? In the dirt and all that. They were in tombs. They raised. Out of the tomb. And then they said, oh, he is the Messiah. God always back his word up. I thought that Jeremiah had a literature or grammar issue. Because he said, Father, what about my speech? Uh-uh. Jeremiah taught me himself. Who we read about, they would definitely talk to us. If we want to know something. They're with us, within us. Jeremiah said, no, it didn't have a grammar issue. Or even a pronunciation issue. It wasn't that. It's just that I wasn't used to speaking Prophetically. That's a whole nother ball game. When you open your mouth and God's speaking for you, you got to make sure because it's your voice box, it's your mouth that he's using as a vessel. You want to make sure you're saying the right stuff. You want to make sure you're not in the way. Because a lot of times when we give a prophetic word, it, it's back and forth. We, we know when we hear God and we know when we hear the person. And sometimes it could be God being spoke, you know, spoken through us, you know, and, we can hear when we're trying to ease our little words and stuff. And Jermaine didn't want that. He said, No, I, I need to speak all from you. Show me how to do that. This podcast, God showed me how to be prophetic in my anointing. I don't ever sit before God and prepare to what to say. He, he just be like, Push play. Music or no music sometimes. Go ahead and speak. Okay. We have so many ideas that we are hesitant about. No more of that. Because if Noah was hesitant, thinking about what people were saying about the ark and the flood, he would have never built that ark with his loved ones. And they all would have perished in that flood if he did not carry out the vision. If we don't make a move, if you listen to every person who made a move in ministry and see them, how they successful now, it was always a word from God and then here comes Satan behind it trying to cause us to be hesitant. Take that building right there. Well, can I afford it or can I get, I mean, you know, we getting our own way. And if we don't Carry it out; it would never be done. Never be done. If the three Hebrew boys, Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael, as we call Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, if they didn't, you know, deny that false god and be led to their execution in the fiery furnace, God would have never been glorified. What did the king say to them? Serve their God. Leave them alone. Because this never happened before. God is just that intentional. He had John the theologian, John the revelator, and revelation with a word that happened before in the beginning. There was a war in the kingdom. God showed John that. In the island of Patmos, a small island in Greece, they bore him there because he escaped his execution. You're supposed to be dipped in hot oil and you clammed out the tank with the oil on you, but you wasn't scorched. They didn't attempt to do it to him twice. They said, okay, well, you know, he got to get away from me. I go away. Put him somewhere where no one is there. God is that intentional. He probably was like, where am I going? Why y'all taking me? And once they took him there, a matter of days after, God gave him a vision of what happened in the kingdom, how Satan got kicked out. That was never mentioned in the Bible until John received that vision. God is just that intentional. A lot of times we're like, why is this happening? Even Joseph, why did this happen to me? Seventeen left my father, my family. How can they do this to me? If Joseph would have been in his flesh and been like, "Forget you, brothers, get away from me," what that would have done towards the, the children of Israel? His okay, so whole bloodline was in Cana—I can- mean, canon. Many say canon canon. Different languages pronounce it differently, and Canaan, canon? And it's so amazing—that's the promise line. They were in the Promised Land. God brought them out the Promised Land, bring them to Egypt, four hundred years, and bring them back. He's just that intentional. I'm bringing you back to where you belong. And if you research, it's not in King James. I think it's in the scroll of the Geneva Book or the Great Bible. That was before King James. He collaborated both books into making his own version because he, you know, from England, you know, had a little Germany in them, a little Britain in them, got together with the Caesars and all of them and copied and pasted a lot of them scriptures. But it's so amazing. When we do what God asks us to do, We see the outcome of God moving on our behalf. We see him moving on our behalf. But how can he move if we don't make a move regarding what he said to us? Well, I don't think this idea is gonna work, or we, we assume too much. They're not gonna like it, they're gonna reject it. God is our creator, very creative. So are we in his image and likeness. Let's be creative in ministry. Shake things up a bit. That's our difference. Being creative. Not like people, being authentic. How many songs that a psalmist could walk around the house and just sing a song prophetically, just like that? Cooking, dancing, whatever. Washing, just singing a song. Release that song. Release that dance. Release that poetry. Release that spoken word. Release those logos, those graphical designs. Those movies. God had me to write to the pillbox of Steven Spielberg. This was over eight, nine years ago. God would have information come to me, and it came to me. His upbringing. His brothers and his cousins scared them so much. They would lock him in the basement, turn the lights out, do all that type of stuff to him. Things like the movie Candyman, Hellraiser, the movie It and all those things. They would do that before those movies came out to him. He grew up so scared of life, so angry that they did that to him. He peed on his, excuse me, he urinated on himself so much fear and they laugh at him look at you you urinate on yourself you're so scared such a wuss lock him in a bathroom and turn lights on and off water running on and off scared like the movie Candyman they did that before Candyman even came out they scared him so much to the point he grew up directing and writing horror movies and he said that God showed me that that's why he write horror movies he was scared so much. But the thing is, his family, his, you know, his brothers and cousins, was like, We're looking at it in a good way. If it wasn't for us scaring you, you wouldn't have been famous. But he, he's traumatized. He's traumatized. It's not about money. I'm traumatized. I'm upset. I'm hurt. You guys did that to me. You locked me in the basement for hours. It, they, they would lock him down there for like three hours in the dark. And put on all kinds of scary sound effects. And he couldn't tell on them because they would really get them. He got me to write him a letter about, you know, forgiving them for that. And I wrote him a movie called Follow Me. I just gave him the plot to the movie, the summary, called Follow Me. And I went into detail about the manuscript about Follow Me. He didn't message back. It's okay. I watered that seed, because trust me, when you hear about my name, there's only, you know, it's a, it's a lot of different Quenishas as the name, but it's only one that belongs to me, as my identity, I, my name could be Kim, it could be so many Kims, but as of me, it could be, it's only one, you know, it can't, it's only one. And I know I can feel that day. You are that woman that wrote me that letter about forgiving my brothers and my cousin. I don't know where his encounter was when he read that letter. It went straight to his peel box. God gave me the information. He would give me anybody the right to. I don't care celebrities or not. We still children of God. I don't care about your income. They don't define you. No one is higher than me and no one is lower than me. We all on one accord. We won. Now, some people I don't be around, I might be nervous around, but I'm not going to put anybody above me. I mean, I mean, not say above me, but I'm not considering no one to be better than me. Thank you, Father. I like that better. Better than me. Because I put all of you above me. But I'm not going to consider no one to be better than me. Hallelujah. So, the ideas that God put in us, it's time to release them. Many of us waiting for next year already got year, already lined up to do those things. This year is still here. God is still the same. Release those things now. And enter into the new year with much more things. You're going to have to stop thinking, oh, they might not like it. They're not going to consider it. Even if they don't consider it, you still made the attempt. I still attempted. We sold the seed it's better than not doing it at all hallelujah this is my time for now greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world